Episode 25, The Power of Sound Meditation with Leo Kossendai. Welcome to the Alternatively Healthy Podcast. I am your host, Becky Rabin, personal trainer, wellness coach, and founder of online wellness magazine, Alternatively Healthy. This is your high vibe, soul soothing weekly dose of wellness. Each week, I will be getting up close and personal, bringing you conversation and insight with some of the wellness industry's most renowned health practitioners, coaches, experts, and thought leaders from around the world. Through our podcast, we hope to give you all the information, resources, and tools that you need to help shape the healthiest and happiest version of you. Leo is a Swiss-born sound meditation expert based in London. He is also the founder of Third Ear App, the first sound meditation app on the Apple Store today. Through sound baths, sound meditation, yoga, and corporal mindfulness training, Leo facilitates mindful and immersive experiences that allow participants to access improved focus, expansive creativity, and deep human connection through listening from a different ear. In this episode today, we uncover exactly what sound meditation is, how it can help you heal, how it can help you gain an altered state, open up clarity, and learn so much more about yourself. We get to the bottom of exactly what sound meditation is, how it works, and how you can incorporate it into your daily life. Hello, Leo. Hey, Becky. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm happy the sun is shining, and it's a beautiful day in Queen's Park. It is a beautiful day and I am super excited to have you on board today as a guest on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. This is something I'm really, really excited about talking about because I actually haven't in all the episodes. There's been so much talk on meditation. I always say to people, it's so incredible how I interview people from all areas of expertise in the wellness industry and every single underlying message, no matter whether they're talking about nutrition or diet or happiness or confidence or anything think every single one discusses meditation and how important it is into any healing practice and anyone's happiness. And I've realized that I hadn't actually done an episode itself on meditation and you are the king of meditation in the UK. I've heard so many people talking about you and saying how amazing you are. So I'm super, super excited about having you on board today. And I hopefully can ask and you can answer loads of questions from my audience that I know I always get asked and then bring your own experience into it in terms of things that you always get asked or you know that people a lot of people are dealing with. So I guess I'd really be keen to just start knowing your story firstly into like what it was that got you into being so interested in meditation in general and what started your journey. Well, it's an interesting journey. I mean, everyone's journey is interesting, but I kind of got started being extremely anxious. Mm. So experiencing panic attacks when I was about 10 years old and really not knowing what they were and what that was about. So being, I guess, extremely confused about what I was feeling and experiencing. Mm -hmm. Growing up in a very artistic, fairly bohemian family, traveling to Asia and being open to different cultures and practices and, and so on and so forth. And so I guess I was really confused as to why I was experiencing panic attacks and this constant feeling not being quite safe. It wasn't surface, but I think it's something that was, I guess, ingrained quite deeply. And and yes, I was going through those panic attacks and periods of anxiety for, well, I went through it for just under 10 years. 
Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. News, I guess. Wow. And I also studied music and still have a big love for music. Mm. And I think the two together is the anxiety and music that, got me to where I am now in London, helping people not learn so much about meditation, but actually experience it. Yeah. Maybe I'm skipping a few steps here, but I think anxiety got me into the arts to express myself. And I guess music took me to London. And then London took me to my wife, who helped me a lot and introduced yeah. me to all sorts of things, including sound meditation, which I'm yeah, sure we'll yeah. get to talk about later. We absolutely will be. I think the sound meditation element is something I'm really keen to get onto because it's, it's so prolific now and it's just starting, isn't it? Especially in the UK, anyway. I mm. have a family that all live in LA and it's a very different story out there, but it's something <laughs> that's super, yeah, very different story. And that's where people go for brunch is to a sound bath. So I'm super excited to get onto that. But I guess for those who are listening, I think what I get asked all the time, and we'll definitely be talking about the panic side and the anxiety side, because that's something that's huge amongst my audience. And whenever I've hosted events or workshops, I think there's a lot of questions around meditation, what it actually means, how they actually do it. And for me, when I hear people asking me the questions, my initial response is always, well, this is exactly the same as what everyone does with their fitness or their wellness journey. They want to know all the answers and they want to know what's best, how to do it, how to work, instead of like really tuning into them. So I'm really keen to ask my own personal questions that I have with meditation because I have a practice, but I think that practice is very personal to me and I want to learn and grow. But I think there's a lot of questions that I get asked from people that I'm going to bring to you. And I guess my first one would be starting right from the beginning as what is meditation? What is it actually defined as? Because I know there are so many different ways to meditate and we will also go into that. But what's your definition personally of what meditation is? I'm keen to perhaps start with what meditation isn't. It's a funny little exercise. And and I think the reason why I do that is it's always better for me to remove things before adding things. Mm -hmm. And that's just my opinion. But I think meditation is not necessarily Blocking your thoughts, sitting in lotus position, burning some incense, having a a candle burning, and being bionic in the sense that you don't respond to environment and you don't get angry and you don't feel emotional and things just don't reach you. I think if we approach meditation that way, we go possibly in the wrong direction, which having said that, going in the wrong direction can teach us a hell of a lot as we've seen over the centuries. 
But I feel like we're at a stage where our time is limited and it's important, like you said, to tune into yourself. But that's very difficult for some people, right? You almost got to train yourself to tune in, tap in. And actually, people don't even know what that means to tune into themselves. Yeah, or how to. Yes, so this is like ongoing work, and I think it never ends. So don't worry about it because you're never done until yeah. you're done on this planet anyway. But meditation, I guess a good example is a fantastic night's sleep, which I'm sure we've all had at least. <laughs> because when you go into deep sleep and you have all your cycles, you have light sleep, REM, deep sleep, delta sleep, you go into altered states. And you go somewhere else. Mm. You really go somewhere else. I mean, you know, you may dream. You may remember your dreams for a little while when you wake up, if you're lucky. But essentially, deep sleep or a full-scale variant sleep over one night is, for me, a really good example of meditation. It's having your mind being altered and it's having your brain working in a different way, producing different brain waves. So if you're taking an exam, you'll probably be in a beta state. But if you're chilling and you're enjoying the moment and you know that you've done everything you've got to do and you're feeling very relaxed, well, you're going to be in a sort of alpha, perhaps theta state. Typically, meditation is two different things. It's a state of being and it's a practice. Yeah. And when you practice that, you can eventually facilitate that state of being more easily. Right. So essentially what you want is you want to practice in many different ways throughout the day, even if it's 30 seconds, you want to tune in very often for short bursts of time so that it becomes a basic survival instinct. And that's something that we either have never had or something that we've lost along the way that I don't know because I'm 29. I haven't lived centuries, but I'm going to assume that our lifestyle has evolved so much and Everything is so fast now. Everything's so fast-paced that we've lost that ability to be in certain states, consciousness states. I think for me, that's a perfect description. I loved how you started with people think it has to be this like crazy thing. I call it woo-woo. And (laughs) woo-woo is is great. I love woo-woo. I'm very much. I've got a bit of woo-woo in my drawers. Yeah, we're all woo-woo. But that's the thing that I always say to people, and I think I get asked the most, is there's a lot of people who understand that people are doing it, but they're just maybe not as spiritual or not as on the path of crystals and tarot cards and a lot of all the things that I'm into. But I think where you put that so perfectly in the sense that it doesn't have to be that. And I've discovered that with a lot of, I'm in my own personal meditation. Sometimes I listen to music, Kundalini music, and sometimes I literally just breathe. And sometimes I do it when I'm on the go. And I think that's where the awareness from what I have learned needs to come is that it doesn't have to be this whole shebang it can just simply be your breath isn't it essentially and where you say it's a practice is that how people can overcome the irritation that they might have and the resistance to it so I know sometimes if I am in a particularly anxious state or I've got a lot going on or I'm stressed that's when I tend to resist meditation most even though I know it's probably exactly when I should do it but I find it harder to get into that altered state I find it harder to calm down do you think that it comes with practice and that's how we have to see it here's the thing habits are crucial really for any sort of progress but to quantify progress in meditation is tricky and and we get into sort of murky waters because Mm -hmm. on the one hand you do need to be able to 
see that you're making progress and that you have a routine, that you have a schedule and this and that. But on the other hand, if there's one activity in your life where you want to avoid thinking in terms of goals and progress, it's probably meditation. It's therefore very confusing for most of us, I think. But in terms of finding the motivation and resistance, and it's really easy for me to say, and it's almost going to sound a bit pompous, but meditation can be anything. Yeah. And resistance to your practice can be meditation. I'm not saying it's easy, but yeah. think about it. I mean, meditation is embracing life. It's being in the moment. So if you're a singer and you're on stage, you're meditating if you're in the moment, if you're doing your thing and you're loving it. I'll give you a sort of anti-example. I was swimming in Positano during one of my retreats this summer, and I'm not a very good swimmer at all. I'm from Switzerland. I'm very good on skis and the slopes, but swimming is another thing. I'm getting better. Mm. But anyway, I was swimming, and I had this incredible, I mean, I guess it's a transcendental experience where I felt like swimming became a whole different thing. Suddenly, it didn't last for very long, but I felt the water on my skin like I never had before. I I never even paid attention to that when I'm swimming. And I felt like I could see the texture of the water and the mini waves within the larger waves. And I just felt, and again, that's going to sound strange, but I felt at one with the element of water. And that was the most incredible swim I've ever had. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's the thing is I can relate to that in that sometimes I feel like I'm meditating if I'm just listening to a podcast that always gets me into my state for me Mm. it's really strange that I feel more comfortable sometimes when I'm listening to a podcast or I'm walking around in like nature or I've listened to a really inspiring video or something I get more and I feel like I get more messages and I learn more and I experience more in doing things like that that are more of experience than when I'm just sitting there breathing. Is that weird or is that what you're basically explaining, that it doesn't have to be just sitting in quiet? Absolutely. I don't think it's weird, but I think weird is probably a good thing anyway when it comes to those practices. You mm-hmm. want to be weird. You want to experiment. You want to feel uncomfortable. You want to trigger your boundaries and try and explore them and go beyond. So in a way, I think it is also important to sit in silence and really avoid any sort of input coming from your environment. Yeah. Focus on yourself. And I think we really struggle with that. And if you look at children and I look at myself as a child, I found it really difficult to be still. I mean, for me, it was really impossible. And I'm sure children are fine with that. But I think when I look at adults, they're actually the same. It's like being still and staying in silence and just focusing on one simple thing has become incredibly difficult. And it doesn't have to. But it is. If you find that is difficult, there are certain things that you can do. And I think having a transcendental experience when you're swimming is maybe not the first thing that you'll experience on your journey, although you could. You think of Eckhart Tolle, I think he had an enlightening experience when he was on a bench as a homeless person in London. So anything's possible. Don't rule anything out. But for everyday people like me and you, it's nice to experiment with practices and techniques until you find something that you like that resonates with you. So if that's listening to podcasts, then that's great. If it's walking in nature, great. I think the more varied you can do it, the better. Absolutely. But what's important is the frequencies, how often you come to yourself. Yeah. 
tune in. And that could be 30 seconds. That could be one deep breath. That could be listening to a podcast and being aware of your hands and your feet at the same time. It's those little things which are a bit strange. But in this day and age, if you're not strange... I think you're missing out in a way. Yeah, I think it's so funny. We spend a lot of our life growing up, or I did anyway, doing everything I possibly can not to be weird or strange. And now I'm like, I love it. Being weird or strange is not weird or strange. It's an amazing thing. If I was to say to you, in a nutshell, what is it about meditation that you think is so powerful? Why is it so important that we bring it into our routines and our daily lives? What would your answer be to that? What is it for you that you think is so incredibly powerful about it? The funny thing is, I mean, you could ask me the question tomorrow and I'd probably say something completely different because yeah. literally the amount of answers that can be given exactly. on the subject is limitless. It's infinite, but I'll give it a try. Meditation improves your EQ, your emotional quota instead of IQ, right? So back in the days, we'd look at the IQ and how important it is to be you know, intelligent or clever. And now I think it's more about emotional intelligence. Yeah. Rather than intellectual quota, it's emotional quota. It's how in touch are you with your own emotions and how in touch are you with your environment? Can you have empathy and can you feel for other people? And that's very difficult. I don't think I always do it so well, but I'm, you know, like I said, it's ongoing work. So self-awareness, third view of yourself, not being caught up in your thoughts all the time, having a bird's eye view, if you like of what's going on so that you can see thoughts sort of creeping up so that you can watch yourself about to react so that you can see the person in front of you feeling really terrible and you can assess. So being able to navigate, assess and navigate, I guess, your environment, that's including yourself. It's also brilliant for lateral thinking. So Mm -hmm. having a brain that makes connections that, you know, maybe it didn't used to make in the past. So being more creative, So if I think of Shakespeare or Da Vinci or Nikola Tesla, the inventor, I believe all those people experienced synesthesia, which is the the coming together of the senses. And they had a lateral forward thinking brain where they were able to connect things that nobody else connected. Like Picasso, look at his paintings when he was very young and precise. It was like masterpiece, but in a whole different genre. And then, I don't know what happened, but something shifted in him and then he created his own style. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, I could draw this painting. It shouldn't be worth $50 million. But who are you to say this? No, this is like nobody would have been able to do it but him. Of course, you could copy it, but that's completely different. So creativity, lateral thinking, seeing things differently, problem solving, projecting yourself into the future as well. Yeah. And that's so important. Like now when I make choices, I'm like, Okay, well, I'm going to say I'm now 60 years old or 80 years old, Leo. Would I be happy with that? Would I feel comfortable with that? And then I reverse engineer it, I guess. That's what I'm doing, and I think it's great. Absolutely. And I know you mentioned, obviously, at the beginning that it really helped you with your anxiety and panic attacks. Is that just through calming the nervous system and the breath work, or is that through a whole different element of things? I think 90% of it is through sound meditation. Yeah. exposed to the sounds and vibrations of certain instruments. They could be percussive. They could be, well, gongs, which are both harmonic and percussive. Balls, Tibetan balls, crystal balls, the human voice. Human voice is really powerful, and we all have one. Not everybody can have a gong at home or on their back, like me, walking around London. But everybody's got a voice, and it is 
very powerful and I'm getting my students and my clients to use their voice a lot more and it's definitely very efficient. So yeah, to come back to your question, it's mostly sound meditation over time that has helped me. I'll give you an example. I mean, I used to be terrified of taking the tube. I would do anything I could to avoid taking the really? tube. Really? Oh, yes. I mean, it, it sounds absurd. I mean, it's ridiculous, but I'm pretty sure there's some people like me out there. And so, yeah, having used sound meditation and, of course, having boosted and hacked my sleep and other things, my, my nutrition as well. But mostly the sound meditation practice, using my voice, using gongs. You know, I was able a few years ago to do a 12-hour meditation on the tube. And, and that's just wow. a kind of stupid example, really. It's not really relevant. But my point is, yeah, I totally reversed these panic attacks and this anxiety. Wow. So sound meditation, explain for those listening how that plays out. Is it through music and through voice? Is it something that people can ease themselves into? Like, would you suggest for someone who might be listening to this who's never even meditated normally before that they can absolutely start with sound meditation? Is it a nice way in? I would start with it and end with it. But it's good to expose different practices. Yeah. So how does it work then? Well, it makes it very accessible. Mm -hmm. And it, it has to be accessible for me in this day and age, and it has to do the job quickly and efficiently. Quickly, because everything is so fast-paced anyway, and problems amount themselves very quickly, and we need to make progress, if there is such a thing, as progress in meditation and self-awareness. But I think, in a way, depending on how you look at it, there is a way to make progress. Yeah. It's probably the best tool that you can have, and you can experience it live, coming to my sessions. I do them all over the world, but also mostly in London. Mm-hmm. And then I've got the app Third Ear, the sound meditation, yeah. and an audiobook, Seven Days of Sound Meditation, which is okay. coming out next month. So there's really plenty of ways to experience it. And there's so many different instruments that I'm working with, mm-hmm. so many different ways of working with those instruments that everybody gets something out of it. And sound meditation lets you experience meditation instead of pretending to make you learn about it. Yeah. I also think that words, words only point to something when you think about it. Like you say a bed, the word bed isn't the bed. It's not the thing. It's just pointing to it and pointing to things that we associate with beds, such as sleeping and resting, for instance. But mm. if you like sound meditation, like a gong bath, is the bed, is the sleep. I don't know if it's an analogy that makes sense, but it's the actual thing. Like when yeah. you sound meditation, you will feel stuff, you will get out of your head. And that's so important because when you get out of your head, you become more emotionally intelligent. You have better self-awareness. You have better mental cognitive, better lateral thinking. You're better at problem solving, projecting yourself into the future. All of that, you know, just makes you, a, a, I guess, a more present being. So, so, with, so with sound meditation, is that count as... For example, on your app, are you using a range of different sounds? Is it always gongs? Is it music as well? Or is it voice too? Or is it literally everything? It's everything minus music, I would say. So meditation, it has to stand out from relaxing music like uh, spa music. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, different sounds for different things, for different feelings, for different experiences. So I've been doing this for about seven, eight years. Yeah. And... When I made this app in the audiobook, Seven Days of Sound Meditation, I wanted to sort of give people a portable experience. 
because not everybody can come to a workshop, not everybody can afford to pay for a workshop. And I think for me, it's important to make this as uh, accessible, as, as yeah. accessible, and yeah, as possible. So it's obviously guided the sounds because I had a sound bath and it was one of the most amazing experiences. That's what first got me into the idea of sounding. And I know some people use voices, don't they? And mantras and chants. Is that the same or does that not count as? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Sound healing. I use mantras. I use the overtone singing mm-hmm. you chant one note and yeah. then you shape your mouth differently so that you can produce more than one note at the same time and that really trips people up and it really yeah. kind of sets them into a different state so i use my voice i use gongs crystal balls tibetan balls mm-hmm. percussion instruments from all over the world um, and for it. you the sound element where does that differ from silent meditation in terms of what it can help us access and how it can make us feel where's the difference do you just think it's because it's more of an experience and it really helps us actually separate ourselves from our mind well i certainly think that sound the way i do sound is a way to denoise your mind and that's very very ironic exactly it's ironic and all it's like it's like this output of sound is taking sound away taking mind sound away from your brain I mean, silence is probably the first thing that ever existed in a way, if you think about it. And then sound is probably second and third would be spoken word languages. I think sound can both express, describe and reveal and evoke feelings, sensations, emotions, stories a million times better than words can. Mm. So I think if we start with words, I would definitely go with sound. And then I think silence... I mean, there is a bit of silence within those meditations, those sound meditations. Silence is very, it's the canvas, if you like. 
it's what enables sound to exist, if you like. So without silence, you wouldn't be able to have sound. I totally get what you're saying. I think it's just that's the beauty of it, isn't it? The irony and the fact that we are so inundated with noise and stress. And like for me, that's the biggest issue in the in a lot of people's wellness journeys at the moment is also how people are getting inside their heads so much. You know, when they are unsure what they want to do in life, most people come to me and they're like, I don't know what I want to do. Like, where do I go? And it's just they're filling up their head with so much noise. And it's so interesting that to cancel out all of that noise and quieten the mind is noise. I think noise is important, especially for people who have a very busy monkey mind. When you are in a state where you can enjoy and experience silence truly, then silence is equally transformative and powerful. But most people out there, if you just expose them to silence, it, it will just agitate them even more. I'll give you an example. There's a room in America that absorbs sound. So the decibel is actually minus seven, I think. Mm-hmm. which means you can actually hear the blood flowing through your veins and you can hear obviously your heartbeat and a lot of things going on inside and most people who go there they just totally freak out understandably it's just to give you an idea like the more inwardly orientated you are the more inward you're looking the more mirror facing you're having to do if that yeah. makes sense and that can be challenging do you think that's why people kind of resist it so much is because it does bring up challenges and emotions and feelings so I'd be keen to understand what experience someone has when they're doing a meditation from sound. Because for me, my first experience was a sound bath at a friend's house who does it. And I went to her house, I laid down and she had her gongs out and we played. And it was, for me, the most incredible experience because I actually, the first half of it, she, I mean, again, obviously with the app, I imagine everything's kind of already recorded, but when you're doing it with someone personally, one-to-one, the experience is different, isn't it? Because you go via what feels right what you kind of feel called to play and what the beginning of my sound bath with her it was quite like angry and aggressive sounds and I felt really uncomfortable lying there I felt like I was getting really stressed and agitated and I was like seeing quite stressful visions in my head I saw a lot of like scary things essentially and then it was kind of crazy because halfway through when I felt almost at the point where I was going to say to her like this isn't chilling me out at all I feel stressed it kind of completed a u-turn and the sounds she were playing was so much calmer and kind of more loving and I felt completely lifted and I went home and I was absolutely exhausted and I felt better but it was kind of amazing the experience I had from the start to the finish and is that something that people would experience for example if they were listening to your app can they expect those kind of experiences where they might feel a little bit agitated or it's a loaded question it's a brilliant question it's loaded in the sense I think I'm gonna have to try and and segment it so first yeah. of all expectation is probably not a good friend in terms of meditation and altered states and spirituality. I think it's better to have an intention. So if you expect anything, it's likely not to be like that. And then you're likely to just stay in that box and that's not so good. So I always invite people to essentially break the walls, break down the walls, the ceiling, lose the flooring and literally float. Now, in terms of experiences, the app and the audiobook is really fantastic because we've used top-notch microphones that are very, very expensive that capture mm-hmm. more or less 100% of what there is in the room. So actually, if you're using good speakers or a pair of headphones, you would be surprised as to what you can feel. I mean, I have a lot of clients who now prefer my app. They're literally saying to me, Leo, it looks like you've just replaced yourself with this. Yeah. 
<laughs> so <laughs> that's what's brilliant about technology is, yes, it's bringing more stress because people are doing emails at night and there's no really end to your day and there's social media, which has taken over everybody's life. But we also have to notice that a technology is enabling us to do wonderful things. And I think enabling people to meditate with sound worldwide without yeah. paying too much money at all is fantastic. Now, in terms of journeying, sound meditation is all about journeying. It's all about altered states. And when you think about it, like if you read experiences from people who have taken LSD or MDMA or mm-hmm. ayahuasca, ibogan, and other substances, they go through different stages. Just like in life, you go through different stages, childhood, teenagehood, etc., so on and so forth. I think it's potentially unhealthy to turn to your meditation practice to fix things. I think meditation is there for us to evolve as a species, really. But that may sound a little bit woo-woo, stretched to the sides, but I think it's so true. And we need to evolve. Like Literally, I don't know what we'll be called in 100 years, but we've got to be a different species because otherwise... I think the earth will always be there. If we look back into history, I'm not really worried about the earth, but I'm concerned whether we will make it over time. And not evolve. And so when we're there and when in that emotion, are we aware of what's going on or is the point to kind of completely just let go? Well, again, I guess it depends. I mean, from what I can recall from clients sharing the experiences, some people just completely go like in deep sleep. Mm-hmm. their eyes sort of shifting from one side to the other which is synonym of REM sleep mm-hmm. the state and some people just have like a massive snoring session which means they need help <laughs> sleep and then you get people who are very aware and I often get this actually so I'm very very aware as if I were in one of those noise cancelling rooms in America and I can feel absolutely everything and you know what Oftentimes it can feel uncomfortable, but it's brilliant because you're being so honest with yourself. Like you can't ignore it. The only way to ignore it is to move or to get out of the room. And I love that because, yes, it's challenging, but God, does it make you change. Yeah. And ultimately that's from what I'm hearing from you is that the, the goal is to change, transform and grow and keep growing I guess and that's something I think I've had a lot of conversations with about the last few weeks is that a lot of us spend so much time trying to reach an end goal to be a definitive something that final happy state with life and love and happiness and careers Mm -hmm. but actually the key is what I'm learning is that everything's a moving target and we're always growing and we're always evolving and that's what we want to be chasing almost would you say that? I think it's going to be different for everybody yeah but I certainly think for me, right now, and it could totally change, it probably will change, but I think, and I've tasted that experience, not for very long, but I have tasted it as feeling at one with whatever's around you and even the environment that's not near you. So really this feeling of oneness, which has been reported by people who have taken you know, acid, LSD, ayahuasca, is like essentially an altered state that's taken over your conscious mind. And when I say taking over, it's in a very good way. It's just really a state where the experience leaves a mark on your conscious mind for when you come out of it. Yeah. When we do come out of it and we come out of the meditation and we grow and we become more self-aware, how does that open up new doors for us to be our best selves or move in certain ways? What is it about that altered state? 
is that just taking time out? Is it learning new things perhaps while we're meditating? You know, sometimes after I meditate, I journal. I just get this like download that I feel like I need to write out things and it's always different. Is that again the same thing? It's just different for everyone, what they will experience afterwards and how it will affect their day to day? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, even if we take yourself, Becky, I mean, take every day for a week, every day will be slightly different. But of course, for instance, journaling or going for a walk or having a bath afterwards or beforehand or during, like I said, but anything works. But I do think that, yes, you can download when you meditate. You know what? The doors, they're already open, actually. I think that doors are closed, but I think altered states enable you to see them. Okay, that's interesting. So it's already open, everything's already there, but in that mindset, you can actually see. You see them, yes. I don't believe in closed doors or locked doors at all, but I do believe that we're blind, and actually we are. Like If you look into the science of it, like our brains would need to be way, way, way bigger if we were to see everything. So we cancel out a lot of things physically yeah. on a more spiritual sort of imaginary level i think we also cancel a lot of things out and we just essentially you see what you can see or you see what you want to see sometimes but yeah yeah, i think spending time in altered states gives you potentially a download of inspiration or makes you see life differently which means maybe you see some new doors which were already there because everything's Mm -hmm. there really and just helping you see yeah and like i said it makes you feel a little bit more connected to your environment which you need you need to do that to look after the earth. You need to do that to look after your neighbor. Technically, I don't think there's any reason why we should feel more love for our family than a stranger. I mean, yeah. I'm taking it to the the extreme, but I think this is where we're headed. And I think that's going to be wonderful. Having said that, I don't think you know it's going to be utopia and it's, there's not going to be any more wars or anything like that. Because life still has to happen and life sometimes just really stinks and is really quite awful but that's just the way it is no i think that's a really beautiful way to put it so obviously we've spoken briefly about your app third ear which sounds like probably the best way for people to kind of actually just ease themselves in and tell us about the app so how does it work i assume it's downloadable from itunes it's called third ear why third ear well third ear just because it's a great name (laughs) yeah no it's a good name third ear because I guess, you know, you have the third eye in India and in, in yoga. Mm-hmm. And to me, it feels like when you do a lot of sound meditation, not only do you see open doors, but you also listen to people differently and you communicate differently. And I think that there's many ways to listen. And I always encourage people, for instance, when they're having a conversation with someone, be it an adult or a child, to actually fully listen and not think about what they're going to say or try and listen out to another conversation or look out for other people in the room is really be present in the moment with that person. So third year for me is the new way of meditating and it's the new way of listening, which is really important because people want to be listened to. If you listen to people, you're not only going to understand them better and look after them better, but they will look after you because people will like to be listened to. And how does the functionality of the app work? Do they go in and there's set meditations for each day or do you choose what you want to do right now the app is mostly a library of over 200 sound baths which is mm-hmm. amazing but we have worked really hard and we've like gone on some crazy journeys to come up with amazing immersive ideas as to how we can make a meditation app that's actually exciting and playful and fun i feel like we 
got pretty close to that place. And so you have essentially three different meditation features. It's like a card game, this app. The first feature is meditating with the moon. So that means I'm using a gong that's tuned to the frequency of the moon, calculated by NASA. Every night I upload it from between 6 p.m. and 5 a.m. You can access the moon meditation, which is recorded on the day with an instrument that's tuned to the moon. So it's very much in phase with the moon. And I think people will love this, especially people who are all about moon rituals and people who follow the moon cycle and all of that. Yeah, and I am so affected by the moon, it's crazy. We all are. I mean, there's more more police stuff and medical stuff on duty when it's the full moon, to give you an example. So we all are. I mean, the female cycle is more or less aligned to the moon cycle, so it's 28, 29 days. Yeah. This is the first feature, which is absolutely amazing, and that gong is amazing. And it's going to be new every night, Monday to Friday, and Saturday, Sunday is a more generic Filed. And then you've got the oracle cards. So we're talking about tarot cards. Mm-hmm. I have with my sister a deck of oracle cards using animals mm-hmm. as a way to express a sound meditation. So it's like a 10 to 15 minute meditation that you can either select yourself or you can have the app draw a card for you. So you close your eyes, you set an intention, wow. and then you see all the cards flipping through your screen really fast. And once you've got your intention, you can just tap the screen with your finger and you get whatever card you get. That's incredible. This you can do on your own. But you can also pull a card for a friend. So if you're like, oh, well, Leo is having a bit of a tough day today, I'm going to pull a card for him. So you can actually send that card to him. Wow. Or you can set a meditation date. So let's say, I don't know, one of your friends or maybe your boyfriend or husband is into meditation or not having an easy time. Okay, I'm going to invite him to do a meditation with me. And you can do it together. You can pull the card at the same time, and it could be a different card or the same card. And finally, we have Make It Yours, which means that you personalize meditation. So that's for people who are very down to earth, maybe who don't feel as playful and who just want to really personalize it depending on the moment. So how they're feeling, how much time they have, what are they doing right now, and how do they want to feel? That sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah it's kind of... All accessing for all levels and all journeys and for wherever anyone is on their experience. Absolutely. I have seasoned meditators who have been meditating for 30 years who use the app. Well, I can't wait to download it as soon as I can. It sounds amazing. I think it's such a new concept to so many people. There'll be people here who probably have delved into sound baths before. There's not really many places in London anyway that you can do it. And for those who struggle with meditation as well I feel like it's a really good starting point for them to just be guided through it and ease themselves in and just be guided in a way where it's not someone speaking to you and telling you what to think of I kind of struggle with those ones sometimes because you don't really feel like you're switching off you're feeling like you're having to listen to what someone's telling you whereas when it's sound and it's affirmation or a a single tone you just kind of roll with it don't you Yeah, it's a fair point I mean I think mindfulness is brilliant and I think it had its place But I do think that now it's time to move on and actually allow that mindfulness to be a result, a byproduct of experiences rather than the practice itself. Because let's face it, if you're having a terrible time, who is going to be willing to be mindful of that? Many people, including myself, who've got that sort of pain threshold. So there comes a time where life is going to kick you in the butt and you need to have experiences to understand it from a different place and then you can be mindful 
but that's the byproduct. So for me, that's definitely the way to go is the sound meditation. Well, it's been extremely inspiring to kind of hear your thoughts on why sound is so powerful and, and what it can do. And I know it's every question I ask with meditation is a very loaded question because in the sense there's just so many variables, isn't it, for everyone in terms of their experience, in terms of how they do it, in terms of what you can do, how often you should be doing it. And I think all of this kind of work that people like yourself are doing are just helping make it a little bit more accessible and easy for people who are, you know, we're all on the go and I think it's very easy for some people to say, you know, there's always time, there's always time. And for me, it's taken me probably a year now of practice and knowing that it's practice and knowing that it feels different every day and that it changes and that there's no right or wrong and that it's always an experience. And I think that's probably the biggest education taking away from this is that you're saying to people that it really is just their own experience and it's through the experience rather than the actual mindful practice itself. Like I really have the mindset now of everything really does just happen for a reason. I've been through a really tough week this week and it's amazing that instead of, you know, I've really noticed that my meditation has helped me see things from a very different space. It could help me understand that it was so important to go through the grief that I've gone through this week, but also I guess see the beauty in it. It's almost like educating people that it's not a quick fix, right? And that it's the process and a practice and a journey. Would you say that? It can happen to be a quick fix, perhaps once or, or many times, but yeah. it shouldn't be this thing that you've got in your cupboard. Oh, it's just a quick fix. That's fine. I can just go and do my yeah. thing. Fine. If it did exist, God forbid, I mean, I think a lot of people would buy it, but we'd miss out on a lot of teachings that life has yeah. got in store yeah. for us. And I think a lot of people have said that in the past, but I'll say it again. I think discomfort and pain and suffering they're like crucial to our evolution and our transformation. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure just like you, I mean, you know, we've gone through pain and grief and suffering and that's good. I mean, if you look back, it's like a blessing really. Yeah. Seeing the doors that are open and many of them are open. I think they're all open. You just got to see them and understanding that we don't understand very much and that we don't know very much. So having the child's mind, the child's eye, no, I completely agree with you all. Thank you, Leo, so much. Everything to do with Leo will be in the show notes for you guys out there listening. If you want to reach out to him, I'm sure he'd be more than happy for you to pop him an email or a message on his Instagram. Can people do that if they have any other further questions? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and all of his links and bio and all you could possibly need to know about Leo is below. And I hope that you guys download the app and let us know for sure. I would love to hear what your experiences are with the app and with your meditation in general and, and playing around with sound meditation. But Leo, thank you so, so much for joining today. And I wish you all the luck in the world with the new launch. Yeah, thank you for having me. I was just going to say, so there's the app and then next month I'm launching a product that's slightly different. Mm. That'd be easier for some people. It's called Seven Days of Sound Meditation. And that's with okay. my HarperCollins. And that's literally one sound meditation per day for a week. Which oh, is wow. also, yeah, which is also really amazing. It's just not as playful. It's very simple, but very efficient, very powerful. Yeah, and a good way to ease people in. And that will be on Amazon, will it? I'll be on Audible, Audible. and Apple Store and a few other platforms like that. Really? Yeah. Well, we'll be sure to check it out. Thank you so much, Leo. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. I hope you have a good week. Thank <laughs> you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. You have been listening to the Alternatively Healthy Wellness Podcast Series by Becky Raven. Thank you so much for tuning in today. 
Please feel free to leave your comments and feedback below and don't forget to give us a lovely little rating. For more information on our podcasts, other episodes and to find out more about what we do, please visit www.alternativelyhealthy.co.uk. And remember, shaping the healthiest version of you means looking purely at you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.